is the O. You should know. Omar Akil Solomon, one half of the culture cast. For the culture, by the culture. We do it for the culture. And if you're not down with the culture, we just can't help you. Bringing you everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling and other-ish. Always joined by my man, known all across the world, my wonderful co-host. Make some noise for Worldwide Ray. What is going on, my brother? Cheers, my brothers. I, I see you, I see you. And we are always joined uh, by our troll from the outside, the baby face poppy. It's no shave November. You see, he cut it off. Make some noise from our boy, uh, Jay. What's going on, Jay? Man, long time no see. It's good to see y'all. It's good to be back. You know, just doing the same old, same old. You know, so we, we got to talk, Jay. Last time you were on, you had a beard. And for yes. our folks on YouTube, the audio folks, you can't see it, but click the link in our bio. Jay is beardless right now, my brother. And I don't. I don't know how I feel about that as a brother with a beard. Like, I'm hurt. You know, for years, I, I dealt with this uh, weird symptom called the struggle beard, where it would get real nappy, and um, it just didn't want to, you know, grow in certain areas patchy. Mm. I, I had a wait until exhale moment, and I just said, you know what? Let's start all, start brand new. You know, start brand new. It's been a crappy year, so you know what? Next year, it might grow all the way in. I might look like Boris Kojo next year. Who knows? You look like the dad from That's So Raven. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I've been hearing, I've been hearing uh, the the light skin uh, young Jeezy. I've been hearing the the light skin Yo Gotti. I've been hearing Winnie the Pooh. I've been hearing a thumb. Those are my favorite. The, a, the, a thumb is my favorite one. <laughs> you look like Tommy Strong. <laughs> Make sure you guys oh, follow man. us on social media, CultureCast Pod on IG and Facebook, CultureCast Pod underscore on Twitter. Rate us, review us, subscribe to the podcast available on all streaming platforms. Click the link in the bio on social media. We have merchandise available. There's this Black Friday sale going on on below the collar. You can get a CultureCast t-shirt. We got three available. All the proceeds are donated to independent wrestling. So make sure you guys check that out. Grab a T-shirt for your stocking stuffer. It's a great. You look place. like you look like Tony Baker's stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you mean uh, Tony? Uh, what Tony Broler? There you go. Oh my god. Oh, that was a terrible joke. I'm that sorry. Was, that was a terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I tried. I tried. It was a jump shot in the mist. It happened. Let that. Let it rain and clear it out. <laughs> let it rain. And clear it out. Let's yeah. talk about Survivor Series. We are uh, recording this. You guys are going to, Culture Cast community, you guys get two pods, really three, but two pods in one week. So shout out, of course, to the ladies for joining us last week on the Tap Out. Um, getting some great views on that so far. Great uh, stream. So shout out to Christina and Brittany on that uh, Tap Out episode. You guys can check Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, wherever you get it. But right now, we're recording this on 11-23. So that's Monday, the day, well, the night after Survivor Series. So we got to recap Survivor Series. We had to call our troll, the babyface Poppy, to give his opinions as well because he had a lot to say. So we'll go match by match. Uh, we'll start with the kickoff show. Uh, there's really not much. In the, I mean, you had some cool moments in the kickoff show, but... To me, like the best moment was Rey Mysterio and Kalisto having that little uh, segment in the beginning. But um, you know, it was the kickoff show. What do you think, Ray? Well, he, he looks like the Ohio State Buckeye mascot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I like that one. That's my favorite so far. That is my favorite. Oh my lord! Outside, outside of um, you know the the troll jokes. <laughs> what did you think of the battle royal, bro? You look like a Reese's Pieces. <laughs> We're gonna call this jokes on Jay. Hey, I'm, I'm cool. With, I'm cool with that. Man. Jokes on, jokes, jokes. Hashtag shots fired. Hashtag. Oh man, I'm, I'm gonna have to start wearing a fedora like Neo. Y'all, y'all gonna, y'all gonna catch my swag. I, I, I had enough of the jokes. We're here. We're here with Maven. You know, he's here to talk about. <laughs> Yo, that's good. <laughs> That was good. <laughs> Holy crap. He, oh, he had perfect eyebrows. Holy crap. Holy shit. No. I can curse for a second. God. Oh, my God. 
All right, since Ray don't want to talk about the battle royal right now, let's go to Jay. Yeah, I mean, that battle royal was <laughs> okay, like Jay. we like we knew the outcome before it it even uh. began. Like, like like there was no way that the Miz wasn't going to win that, especially you know him being uh, Mr. Money in the Bank. So it was a it was a dead giveaway when it first started. You see how the internet turned on uh, Dominic so quick? They was like, Dominic, better win this thing. I mean, I mean, why did they turn on him? He actually did pretty good in a battle royal. I mean, we we saw a glimpse of Kalisto and Ray, which had me hyped up for a quick second. But it's there's like, a, despite all reasons. of that, we knew the outcome. So there's some personal reasons why they might like don't like Dom. I'll tell you about it after the pod. It's the internet. The internet doesn't, you know, they. What I've noticed is the internet doesn't. They they can't make their mind up if they want to like or dislike someone. One week they love Roman, the next week they hate Roman. Oh, it's not, it's, love... oh it's not it's not that internet related. It's um uh, starts with an M and ends the A related. Ah, ah. <laughs> ah I feel you. I feel ah. you. A four letter, mm. a four letter one. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Ah. Never mind. Ah. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. Kick it off Survivor Series. Uh, go to Jay first. We had the men's Survivor Series match brand battle. Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Talk about that match, babyface. Surprise. That's the only thing I could say. I was surprised by the outcome. I was surprised how it went. I was surprised it was a clean sweep. I thought Raw was going to lose. I thought Raw was going to lose big because of the dysfunction, but they pulled it out. And um, I mean that—that's really all I can say. I mean, it was—it was, it was kind of clean. It was short and sweet for me. Uh, I have more to say about the women's than the men's. The men's kind of, you know, straightforward. I'll be honest. Raw had a better team than SmackDown to begin with, so it—it it, it was lopsided from the jump for me. Okay. What about you, Ray? I kind of predicted that. Uh... Uh, Raw would win, but like he said, I didn't expect it to be a clean sweep, especially since they, since AJ, you know, self-proclaimed himself to be the captain. I was expecting him to be possibly the only one out. <laughs> I was expecting like him and Riddle to be the like the first two or the only two out. I wasn't expecting like a full-blown like clean sweep. I, yeah, I agree. I didn't think it was going to be a sweep. I figured that you know Keith Lee got to start a Survivor Series really last year, so I assumed that he was going to be the one. Uh, getting the final victory. Um, I loved his. Um, he did. Jack Cap- no, yeah, he, he he pinned Jay Uso for the uh, for the final pin. Um, he also debuted new music. Shout out to the gods. Ooh. Shout shout out to the baby face, the bubblegum raps. I loved mm-hmm. every second of that new music, and it had a hip hop beat. Won't he do it? We asked for it on his pod. Little things, you know. I'm so thankful for Keith Lee. I talked about that earlier on another pod, but so thankful. But no. Just stay off that Smith. <laughs> yeah, stay off that Smith machine. <laughs> but only thing that messed up about that match was the angle at the end when Keith Lee came to the camera angle for the finish mode and the camera showed him too early, preparing for uh, that final setup move and Jake jumped off the top rope. So, like, but I just think that's just because of uh, the Thunderdome. They can't get the right angles, personally. So that's why you saw Keith Lee standing there right there waiting for him to jump. So normally, like... WWE, they mess up on a lot of things, but normally they get, other than Royal Rumble this past year, they normally get the camera angles right when it's a good moment. So. It was um, still a nice uh, setup, though. Like, I really oh, it was enjoyed amazing that. setup. Yeah. What was it? It was like a Samoan drop. He, he went from pulled. the jackhammer finisher to the spirit bomb finisher. Yeah, I was like, dude, that's fire. And then, yeah, props to, to Jey Uso, too, because he sold that like a champ. Shout out to, uh, speaking of selling, Ray was talking about this earlier, uh, turn over to Ray. Talk about your boy Seth Rollins selling his, uh, I am not working with Matt Riddle ever. <laughs> hey, I mean, that's what happens when you talk. It doesn't matter who it is that you're related to. If someone near you talks about like someone's wife, you're, like, you're guilty by association. So, you know, Matt Riddle's wife, you know, she was basically talking trash about Becky in the past and it led to Rollins saying in reports like he never, he never plans to work with Matt Riddle. Like never. Not even reports. He said it on uh, WWE Watch Along. <laughs> and it was, it was on a WWE Braden show. <laughs> and we saw yesterday. As soon as he tagged in, you know, 
he ate the bro kick and he just rolled out. Like, I'm not, I'm not even about to go there. That's what he's basically saying. Like, Turn like I'm, I'm gonna be the bigger man and I'm gonna, you know, see my way out of this because we both know if shit goes down, <laughs> I'm gonna be the one that's coming out on top. Is what he's basically saying. For so, the greater good. As men, I feel like they should at least talk that out. Like whatever squabble their wives have gotten into, whatever Riddle's wife has said, because I totally forgot that she was saying stuff on Twitter. But I mean, that, that's a conversation, ain't it? Like, I mean, Riddle's already got himself into enough stuff this year, so yeah. there's no there's no talking it out for him for 2020. Like, right? Yeah. I think I agree. With, I agree with Jay. You definitely taught me. Like, for example, like um, Sam Roberts talked about Bianca Belair. I think was it last year. On a yeah. uh, on and then Montez went on the podcast. Or actually, Montez had words with him backstage, but he also went on the pod. The Sam Roberts pod had some words with him, and I think Mark Henry had some words with Sam because I mean I totally disagreed on his take on Bianca. Like you said, because you know she was raw back then, but she was definitely ready and deserving. You know, but that's a whole other topic, whole other discussion. But uh, I definitely agree. You have those. You got to have these words because we're it's twenty twenty. We can't just be letting stuff simmer in us. Especially as men, especially as black men. Yeah. I know they're white, but you know, Omar tip for everyone I mean, listening. Don't let that shit simmer, y'all. I mean, then again, like Sam Roberts wasn't spoken out on and and currently in the lawsuit, but that's a different mm-hmm. subject for a different story. Yeah. Oh, again, different I, I'll give I'll give Seth props for riding with his wife. I understand it. You know, I understand why he's doing it. I I still believe that. You know, employees, people that you share work with, you, you do have to speak about it because, I mean, the company uh, sees value in both guys. So it's not like they're not going to, you know, be in the same room together. You know, like something, I, I don't know. I, I could see if it was like, uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, if it was Tucker who said something about his wife. Yeah, yeah, don't work with him at all. But, you know, this is this is an up-and-comer and you're a, you know, a solidified guy who's going to be in the Hall of Fame soon. This is something that probably should be talked about so y'all can give us those classic matches. You know, um, I, I'm with you. Like, I'm with growth. I used to be all about beef. Like, yo, don't talk to me. I'm going to drop kick you in the face when I see you. But as I get older, man, it's like tomorrow's not promised, man. And, and you know, we already seen it with, uh, like, guys like Owen Hart. Owen Hart couldn't give us those classic matches with certain people because he went to the grave with beef. And, um it, it, it sucks. That's all. You know, I, I just at, at this point in, in in this climate, we should all like be cool, unless you're with AEW. Um, I mean, did again. Oh like, yeah, we got it. Early. I mean, like I said, you know, you know, Rollins. Like over the spring of summer, Rollins was definitely down with, you know, supporting the victims that spoke out in the, in mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. So him being in the same ring with someone that was spoken out against, like, it kind of probably most likely hit a nerve with him. Like, yeah. Like in his head, he was probably like, "Dude, I, I'm never working with you until you know." Yeah, until they talk it out. So enough about yeah. that. Think about them. Like I said, Jay Uso, we'll talk about later. You know, you know, Roman treated him. Shout out to that head of the table shirt. Definitely, about to, definitely about to cop that shirt as soon as it gets on the shop. I'm gonna wear that shirt. I'm I'm about that shirt. Then like wear it to my girlfriend's Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be like she's gonna be like what you want and i'm just pointing at the shirt like you know it ain't gonna be ready by thursday <laughs> hey next next day air i'll pay the 40 dollars <laughs> next up we had bobby lashley versus Sami Zayn. so the u.s title versus the intercontinental title so you have bobby lashley one of the hottest names in the business right now with the hurt business shout out to mvp what he's doing amazing work uh, for Cedric and Shelton, and especially Bobby. And by the way, shout out to Bobby's pants because those pants are amazing. Uh, pause. And then, but they they make no his pause. they make they make his appearance so much amazing. I mean, his his body is amazing. You know, his character. He does all this stuff. You know, he's basically in shape. You know, so but the pants just add to it. You know, what I'm saying just adds to the aura. But anyways, he went against the Mad Genius and Sami Zayn. You know, who always thinks there's conspiracy happening, kind of like somebody else who's in office. Uh, <laughs> who's about to lose his job? Ah, he's about to lose this. Let me stop because we got some conservatives that might listen to this. Show. Remember, he's about remember, to lose remember his that, job. that one minute demographic? <laughs> that, one, that one minute demo we have? 
Well, they about to lose their job. Anyways, <laughs> this dance. Um, no. Ray, what do you think? Uh, Bobby Lashley, Sami Zayn, typical match, Bobby won. Um, but what do you think how it, how it turned out? I feel that that was a one-star match that had five-star match potential. Like, in backstage designs, they were probably just using that as like a filler to basically make the hurt business and, you know, Lashley strong, but at the same time, like, I understand, like, both both characters were strengthened in the match, like, Sammy and his conspiracy theorists, him being the only person out there against basically four people in his eyes, and then you have the hurt business who kept their characters of being, like, that strong unit, like, I understood that, but at the same time, like, that match had so much potential to be, like, a great match, but because of their, you know, conflicting and opposite uh, characters, it didn't, you know, mash up as well. Yeah, we haven't seen Sammy get to, I mean, other than the latter match, which, which was amazing, and he's been injured, but, like, we haven't got to see Sammy really, like, wrestle like we all know Sammy Zane can wrestle in a while. Yeah. So hopefully 2021 we can see him in a good feud that, well, even though I know he's a hill right now, so he's really not supposed to wrestle like the old Sammy Zayn. So I take I take that back. But I think he can still put on an amazing match even as a hill. So yeah. What, what but I, you but I love I love how he how he did the flop move on MVP, how he tried to say like oh, he yeah. tripped <laughs> he tripped me ring the bell. Like, he was trying to get out of that match by any way possible. He's so smart. What about you? What about you, Jay? Man, I, I love the hurt business. I love that they're getting a push. You know, I'm always for black men getting, you know, time and effort, you know, behind them. What I don't like is these heel versus heel matchups that the Hurt Business seem to be getting always. And it, it doesn't – I wouldn't say it doesn't help them because it, it definitely makes them look stronger, but it doesn't help their opponent by any means. I don't think this helps Sammy. Um, it just, you know, he, he, he flopped around like a fish throughout the whole match. Um, the Hurt Business looks super strong like always. And I mean, that's really it. The match was just to get, you know, the hurt business over, you know, um, there's not much to it. Like you said, it was a, a, a one-star match that had, I don't even, I wouldn't even call it five-star potential. I think it, at the very least four-star, but it, I don't know, man. I, it, it is what it is for me. It, it was one of those throwaway matches. Okay. Yeah. I thought, Ray hit the nail on the head, you know, five-star potential, but the match was not what we all, what it could have been. But, you know, it was a quick little filler match, which led to, then talk, first of all, shout out to WWE. Uh, representation matters. There was a black performer in every match except the main event, and there was a person of yes. color in every match. Um, so that's, that's walking the walk, talking the talk, and being about that life. Um, so hope to see it continue. Hope to see the growth. Like I said, we're always rooting for everybody black. Uh, speaking of black, black tag team excellence was up. So we had the new day coming out in the gears of war gear, super dope versus the street profits with one of the best promos they have cut in their life. And they always mm-hmm. good. They do some good work together, but that promo Sunday was like, it, it reminded me, you guys, let me go back in time. Remember when Miz gave a promo when he was like backstage and he was that talking, that talking smack promo. No, not talking smack. Uh, when he was like the U S title holder and he was talking about how everybody hated him. And he was just like, he was like by himself. Find it on YouTube guys. It was like a Miz promo way back in the day. It's or another Miz promo when he went on Enzo. Like, think about how, like, how he just owned the room. Like, oh man, I was enamored by everything that uh Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford was saying. Like, that shit was so dope. And then we get to the match. Um, I'll just give my thoughts first since I'm already talking about it. I thought it was an amazing tag team performance. It wasn't like match of the year or anything like that, but it was it delivered. Both teams came away strong, the right team won. Uh Angelo Dawkins hit that amazing kind of like a cutter out of nowhere. Everybody always talks about how Angelo, you know, Montez is amazing. We all know Montez is amazing, but Angelo is the foundation to that team, in my opinion. You know, his consistency, someone said, I can't, I can't take credit for it, but somebody says he's a modern-day D'Lo Brown, and that makes a lot of sense. And D'Lo wasn't no slouch. Like, to yeah. me, Angelo is an amazing athlete. He's got an amazing shape. He's probably in the best shape he's ever been. 
Um, I loved everything about and then Woods and Kofi. Kofi's just a goat, you know. Kofi just and say what you will about the Brock Lesnar title run match, whatever. But Kofi has a different type of aura in the ring ever since he won that title. And it means something to black performers to be in the ring with him. And to me, like you felt that. And so that was that was so dope. I loved like as for somebody that has uh black nieces, black nephews, nieces, cousins that love wrestling, I'm pretty sure they, they can watch that match and just love everything about it. So to me, that match would be special. I mean, I don't have kids, but to me, if I had kids, that'd be the first thing I show them. What about you, Ray? Yeah, that was definitely an excellent match. I saw it as a passing of the torch, you know, the the iconic tag team and the New Day pa- passing that torch to, you know, the young up-and-coming tag team, uh, the Street Profits, letting them know, like, they're next in line to be as great as the New Day. Like, every, like, like you said, everything from that match was great from, you know, Montez doing the Trouble in Paradise on Kofi, which mm-hmm. gained a huge pop, to them doing that, uh, Doomsday device finish, which was even excellent, even to the funny like post match thing that they did backstage. I don't know if you saw it. Where, I saw it on the network. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They gave they gave the Street Profits a shirt, and the Street Profits didn't really have a new shirt, so they let them sit from the cup. <laughs> dope, dope. What about you, Jay? Man, if Roman and Drew didn't happen, that would uh, that. Street Profits and New Day would have been my favorite match of the night. Um, I loved it. I loved it. It was it was the right energy for me. Um, everyone looked good. All four guys looked great. Um, like you said, Dawkins doesn't get enough credit. I, I've always looked at Dawkins as the road dog. But um, as of late, man, he, <laughs> he looks amazing. And, yeah, you know, um, Montez does the, the, the flashier stuff, but – together they're they're just perfect and like you said this this was a a star you know making performance they were already stars but this like solidified them as you know i I wouldn't call them next up but the the next super great you know tag team you know it looks like new day might be on the way to splitsville to me um so you know this is a passing of the torch and i i couldn't think of two other guys that deserve it more than them they they've been doing great. They embody wrestling, don't they? Like Montez has that energy that no other wrestler has right now. He, I don't know. I, I don't want to ramble. I, I love those dudes. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, Culturecast Pod, on IG and on Facebook, Culturecast Pod underscore on Twitter. Make sure you guys click that link in the bio. We got merchandise available just in time for the holiday season. Grab a Culturecast t-shirt. There are three available. The original, the culture-ish, and also the worldwide, Ray and the Oh, You Should Know. Grab that shirt. I think you should. It's a perfect stocking stuffer. Moving on, uh, not that many matches left in the Survivor Series card. We got Sasha Banks, the boss. The Mandalore, Mandalorian Bay versus uh, Asuka, you know, chain chain wrestling, submission wrestling. Um, those two together are magic. I think. I mean, I know we I know we've seen them face each other face each other before, but um, the best thing, the quick thing I will say about that match, and I'll turn it over to you guys, is um, Sasha can sell her ass off. She's like the Dolph. I don't. I don't want to say like because I, I hate comparing people to men, but like she's on a level like how Dolph Ziggler sells, maybe even higher. Like her, like when she took some bump out the ring, I'm like, God damn, is she okay? But she sells her ass off, and I love every second about this. So I thought it was a dope match. I thought uh, the right winner won, um, so I enjoyed it. What about you? Uh, it was a great uh, technical match. Uh, it didn't need any, it didn't need any flashy like innings or no. No big finishers or nothing. Like the like the pop finish was great for the type of match that they had. Like the like the ending where they were all going for pins, trying to outdo each other. Mm-hmm. Like they've chose like they showed what you know what why they're champions. You know they try the best to you know one up each other. And and Sasha Banks, she was the one that ended up on top of it at the end of the day. Cause she was just like that that. That much quicker than Oscar. 
Any thoughts on that, Jay? Before I keep it up to go to your favorite match next after that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I missed the match, um, but I read the the results, and I will say that the right person won. Um, Sasha Sasha deserves a uh, strong title run, so I'm never going to be against her winning against um, an already legend that Oscar is. So um, yeah, that's that's it. You know, let, let Sasha get a good run. That's it. That's all and, I got to say. And just FYI, before you go on to your favorite match, a black person won in every match so far. Man. <laughs> Ain't that saying? For the culture, Man. by the culture, we do it for the culture. And if you're not down <laughs> with the culture, we just can't help you. I'm just going to kick it over to Jay because it's his favorite match it, to talk it's about. It's like point now percent black. <laughs> 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 not kick, not kick, kick off show don't count. <laughs> Let's go straight to the baby face poppy. Talk about your favorite match. Oh, but the man. floor, the, the floor is yours. I won't even introduce it. The floor is yours. AEW, Lucha Underground, Impact, Backyard yeah. Wrestling down the down the road. No one could ever duplicate the amazing match that we had between Team Raw and Team SmackDown. The women's version. Let's see. We had about 972.4 botches. We had, on, um, <laughs> we had about seven miscues. Uh, the ref messed up a three count. And then it all ended in a double DQ, which gave Lana the sole survivor uh, title. Come on. It's perfect. It's perfect. I will say um, out of the match, no one looked good. No I one looked good. I, I disagree. No I disagree. No I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. The closest. Liv Morgan looked amazing. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll give her. She she did okay against Naya. Uh, Bianca, okay. But <sighs> in the moment when I was watching it, I was like, wow. Wow. Yo, Brandy Rhodes could probably give me a five-star match. Holy crap. This match was awful. This match was terrible, man. Uh, I, I can't even be PG about it, dog. That was awful. Uh, what about man. you? Man? What about Ooh, you? I, I, I know you two Reese's Puffets aren't going to sit up here <laughs> and try to bury Bianca as about, if she no, didn't get tagged that, that's in. Not, that's not and, me. That's and not that me. Hot, and that was possibly one of the best hot tags of that night. Like, that's like not As me. soon as she got in the ring, she went to work, even on night. I think it's Naya that she started off with. Yeah, like she instantly got in the ring and got right to it. Like that was basically, I'd say that was probably one of the best hot tags I've seen in all of wrestling, probably this month alone. That that's by the way, that is Jay's opinion, and I don't, I I thought the match wasn't that bad. But anyways, go continue, Ray. Continue, Ray. <laughs> Worst match of the like, night. Yeah, I don't care. Like yeah, the finish is wonky, but but at the same time, it kept Bianca strong because she didn't. Eat a pen because her eating the pen from anyone from Raw would have been pointless. And number two, it kept the storyline going between Lana and Nia Jax because Lana, she's been bullied the whole the whole fucking uh match. So she couldn't get in the match. So her being right there, basically she was just saying she was following orders and she still came out on top, which is basically her whole storyline, how she got the title match, like she was doing what she was told to do. And that fucking pointless ass battle royal, and she won. Uh, Naya bullied her here, told her like, "Don't get in the ring." She followed orders, and she wound up winning. Like, like so, it seems like everything Naya is trying to do to you know intimidate her, bully her, is backfiring. And now you know. Uh, Ray talked about this is another. She keeps going through the tables. It might be a tables match at TLC down the road. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But story-wise, uh, story it makes sense. Like, I don't have a problem with the finish per se. Like, I understand Lana needed to be the sole survivor. I understand Bianca didn't need to get pinned. But everything from the bell to that moment was just man, it was like throwing sour cream on a cheeseburger. It was so like, I'd, I'd say probably most likely that match was used to put the push on Bianca to make her seem strong so they put like all that work in all of her video packages like this mm -hmm. match was her moment to shine just like we talk about how 
last year's was, you know, for for the men's, it was Keith Lee's moment to shine. And for the women's, like we seen Shayna Baszler, it, it was the main event. I think it was her, Charlotte, and Becky. It was like all the champions and Shayna like ragged all them both to the victory. So like this year, it was Bianca who got that that time to shine. Yeah, and wrapping it up on this, I think it's um I definitely agree. It was Bianca's um show. She did an amazing job. I think um I think we 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 say we say this a lot on the pod. I I put it this way. Predictable isn't bad, but it has to be executed. And I think that's one thing we all can agree with. The overall execution overall the match could have been executed a little bit. I mean, we all saw the finish and we all saw Bianca coming out strong, which she was amazing. Shout out to the EST. Love everything about her. Man, I, I just think I just think it could have been uh, executed just a little bit more, but I don't think it was as bad as the internet says, but you know, that's the point about, I love, that's why we love this pod. We all had different opinions and that's what makes wrestling amazing. But then. One, one talk- last thing. Go one ahead, last bro. thing. Go ahead. It just sucks knowing that the people that were supposed to be in that match weren't due to injuries and or firings. And I think that played a big part into the match, not performing the way it should have been as well. Because I think Mandy Mandy would have killed it. And we hope they all get well, definitely, uh, moving into 2021. Moving on to the main events, um, we had definitely – and let's rewind. Remember when these two characters faced off at WrestleMania last year? This would be Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. Roman Reigns was his first match, well, really a first major match after beating cancer, leukemia. And Drew McIntyre was on the start of his hey, – he's a big deal, Drew McIntyre. He's that dude right now. And that was a good match. But let, let's fast forward a year, and now we have Drew McIntyre, you know, the Claymore, the WWE champion, bigger than he's ever been, versus the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, generating – a million views a day in one day after just one YouTube video is posted. And probably if you go by the week, he maybe gets up to 3.3 to 5 million. Who knows? I'm, I haven't checked, but I'm pretty sure he's at least 3 million a week. Um, the hottest character in all of professional wrestling and the hottest storyline in all of professional wrestling. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Ray, you love Drew. We know Drew's your boy. And you know, we and also I know you love the folks from Ireland. Shout out to our listeners from Ireland. <laughs> so I'm gonna turn it over to you first, man. What you think about this main event? Great match. Both men came out strong, didn't need a pin. Like Drew didn't tap. I think there's multiple matches where Drew like refuses to submit, like like he just passed out instead of you know tapping out, which is something which is something big. It keeps him strong as the champion on Raw. As for this, you know, uh, it shows that, you know, Jay is really trying to prove himself to Roman. Like, he's still keeping that that part of him. Like, even though I hate what you're doing, we're still family, and family comes first. So that's showing a lot right there. And I'm actually anxious to see, like, what's going to happen when, you know, Jimmy becomes clear to come back. Like, like how is that going to progress down the line? Oh, they're go- they're going for the tag titles. I, I shout out to Terry. I saw him tweet that if if his brother is back, I can see them taking the tag titles from the Street Profits and being on the table. With, like think about that that bloodline of them all having the gold, and think about a Usos versus Street Profits promo war and match series. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> um, we'll let Jay go last because I know he loves that match. So I'll just say real quick. I love Roman Reigns with the guillotine. I love Roman Reigns with his appearance right now. I love how Paul Heyman's intimidated by him. I love how he talk, was talking shit to Joe, like, hey, Joe, you remember this right here before he hit him with the spear, uh, with the ooh spear, not just the regular, but the ooh spear. Um, so Roman is in his bag right now, and there's nothing else really I can say. And he was just confused with Drew. Um, Drew just kept coming. He just kept pushing. So... Yeah, Roman Reigns is so dope. Main event definitely qual- uh, qualifies as a four to five star match. Babyface Poppy. Okay, <clears throat> and I-, I hope I don't get killed for this, but um, 
that match gave me like big Rock versus Triple H, Rock versus Stone Cold vibes. Like we finally have that next generation match that we could say like if there wasn't a brand split, those two going against each other on a weekly basis would be just gold. And um, I, I'm happy because going from seeing where Drew started, you know, Chosen One, <laughs> Broken Dreams, 3MB to being a solidified megastar and seeing Roman finally, you know, uh, hit his potential and <laughs> To see those two from you know from their beginnings to where they are now, it it, it was amazing. And then they they performed. The match was amazing. <laughs> there was nothing wrong about that match. Even the, the the ending was perfect. I don't care what no one says. It pr- protected both guys. It was that next generation big match that WWE needed. And oh, awesome. had, Man, nothing bad. Nothing bad to say about Roman. Nothing bad to say about Drew. I love his entrance. I love Roman. Roman is by far the sexiest man alive. Jay is second. They're, they're, they're great. They're perfect. You know what? You say you love Drew's entrance. He probably did something to you because your beard is cut off. And so Drew McIntyre <laughs> used that sword to cut off your beard. Man. Like, I'm, I'm just, just saying you can do better. Look, the kill, the, <laughs> the kill, the 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 broadsword. It, it's per, it's perfect. It, everything about that was was perfect. It was big time, dude. I'm I'm milking myself right now thinking about it. You know, if I'm milking myself, think about what the women are doing, dog. We don't speak for women on this pod, but <laughs> I don't, I don't. I'm just saying. But I hear you. Though. <laughs> you are light skin. Don't go chasing waterfalls out here, dog. <laughs> we are the culture cast for the culture by the culture we do it for the culture <laughs> if you're not down with the culture we just can't help you bringing you everything you need to know in the world of wrestling as we recap survivor series and before we get out of here got to talk about a legend an icon a transformative figure in professional wrestling and we're just going to talk about the character we're not going to talk about you know other stuff but Let's talk about 30 years of The Undertaker and him hanging up the boots and the character finally resting in peace. Talk about your favorite Undertaker moments. Uh, talk about, you know, what stood out to you like growing up and then as you got an older, just what Taker means, not only just the wrestling, but just to you personally as a wrestling fan. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Jay. Oh, thank you. I was actually going to ask. Um, <clears throat> it was really bittersweet for me because you know i'm i'm happy that he got a, you know finally got a chance to you know put the gloves down put the boots down and you know go and live the rest of his life at the same time you know i'm <clears throat> out of character i'm not trolling i'm jonathan foster right now watching him for 30 years it, it, it's bittersweet because you know we we know that mortality is something and even though he lived through all of that, you know, it, it's almost like our, it, it's like the death of our, our childhood for me, at least, you know, um, now that I'm a father, it, it like reality hit me. It's like, damn, I'm, I'm no longer a child no more. And he was like that last remnant of my childhood. And yeah, it, it, it's weird. You know, I'm happy that he is on his next chapter. But it, at the same time, it's like, man, dude, we've we've gone thirty years that fast, you know. As far as the character, the Undertaker, I've I've been vocal. He might be the last gimmick, the last successful gimmick. Um, over thirty years of being this one character with a couple of you know breaks, evolutions. you know, yeah, evolutions. Of course, you have to evolve with the time, but um. He's given us so many memories, man. I'm talking good and bad. I don't care what no one says. Ministry Undertaker was one of my favorites. That was one of my, like, you know, uh, him kidnapping Steph- Stephanie McMahon, Vince being behind it all, all along, stuff like that. Like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. Uh, American Badass Undertaker, another one of my favorites. A lot of my favorite Undertakers are the least favorite of the community. <laughs> But, you know, just being able to, to see the man grow and evolve and then 
to see Mark Calloway enjoy being able to break kayfabe finally. Like, that's been my favorite. Seeing his Hot Ones episode, seeing his podcast with Stone Cold. He just seems like a good guy. And I feel like we've missed those opportunities to truly embrace that because he was in character, because he loves the company so much, you know? And um, if the last thing we could take out of all of this is, you know, love your family, love your friends, because, you know, there's a, even the broadcast even said it. There's guys like Yokozuna who couldn't see that moment, you know, and um, that, that, that does make me sad. You know, we we're, we're, we're adults now. We're not we're not kids no more. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm now in that that new I'm, I'm in my stage now where I just want to love everybody, you know, and Undertaker retiring with all of his friends around him. It brought a tear to my eye, man. I'm sensitive. I'm light skinned. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's here, and the tear didn't get stuck in your beard this time. So no, nah, it didn't. So yeah, thank true. you, thank you, Mark Calloway. Thank you, Undertaker. Thank you for uh, making my childhood so great. Thank you for giving us so many memories. And I pray and hope your next ventures are as fruitful as your wrestling career. So dope. Thank you for the words. Um, I want Ray to close this out because I feel like Ray's going to really bring it home, uh, especially with the knowledge he has. Uh, so I'll just jump in real quick and I'll say that um, Undertaker, I think, piggybacking up what, what Jay said, he we grew up 34 years old, you know, so we all remember when we first saw Undertaker growing up, we were like, oh, my God, that is kind of scary. You know, and then because I, I grew up in the age of when Tataka was wrestling, I really thought he, you know, I, like I ran around the house like Tataka, you know. So when I saw Undertaker, I was intimidated to the ministry days, you know. But it's to me the moments, the little things of embracing the character and living the character and protecting the business that I will always appreciate about the Undertaker, the little things like and the little small things he did to help others. So, for example, we all remember it's probably one of the, our favorite matches of all time for anybody that you access a wrestling fan, Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker in that ladder match. And the little thing he did for Jeff Hardy at the end of that match, put Jeff Hardy on a whole nother level, you know, you know, or when Undertaker was the captain of the, uh, when he gave that speech, I believe in the takeover versus uh team raw versus team WWE, team WWE versus WCW, the invasion angle. You know, I think that was yeah, that was Vince who did the speech. The but yeah, Taker the, said something though too. The, right? the should you lose speech? I don't think he said anything. No, Taker had, but he was like the captain of the team. He had a moment, if I'm not mistaken. I have to YouTube it, but there was yeah, a like, like I like I remember the Vince McMahon speech, which was yeah, I remember the Vince actually speech. a good speech. Yeah, yeah, there was Taker had another moment in that time though, but it was uh, I'm gonna have to go back and find it. Uh, somebody on a, on a, that follows his YouTube comment for it, so let me know. Uh, but no. Little things that he would do, you know, to uh, not selling and doing the spinneroni uh, post raw one day, you know, <laughs> just keeping the character alive. Uh, it's little things like that. He showed up to a Cavaliers game in full Undertaker gimmick, you know, because that's what it's about. Really embracing what the character is, um, and loving the business. So Mark Calloway, Undertaker, forever thankful for you for thirty years. What you did to me as a wrestling fan. Letting, you, letting me know that you can evolve your moveset with the greatest match I've ever seen of all time with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. I believe it was 25, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, that's 25. Uh, greatest match I've ever seen professional in professional wrestling to me thinking you killed Mick Foley when you uh, choke slammed him to hell in a cell. Um, and the fact that you looked like you didn't give two hells about it, like just keeping it in the business and keeping this, keeping the no sell going, pushing Rikishi off the cage. Um, so many things. So forever thankful uh, for the dead man and uh, rested. And also that hologram of Paul Bearer, that's the, what got me. Man, that, that got that's everybody. What got me. Hmm. That's what, that's all. That's what got me. Yeah, that's right. definitely up there with the surprise announcement from uh, Howard Finkel at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Ray. Take it from there. Just go jump in from there. Yeah, like everything that Scorpio Sky said, it, he he hit it right on the head. You know, <laughs> you know, you know. Scorpio said Scorpio's light skin Scorpio Sky 
Oh, <laughs> see, you have me, you have me lost for a yo, second. Yo, that's funny. That is I was, funny. Oh, I, was lost, damn. I, was, I was lost for a second. Then I'm like, oh, oh. I was like, wait, Scorpio Sky tweeting I'm about like, this? Duh, <laughs> that's funny. Like you said, he's one of the few characters that we've basically seen developing, grow up like like 30 years of The Undertaker and we got 27 years of Kane. Like those two alone were basically our entire childhoods right now, which is like, come to think about it, it's it's insane. And to see one of them like have his grand walk off, like we know Kane's retired, but he did his in his own way. Same as The Undertaker. Like I know there's some internet dweebs that that wanted like some other send off, but you know, he did it his way. Like he left on his own terms. He left the way he wanted to leave. And, you know, we have to respect that. Like as far as like favorite moments go, like like my like the Jeff Hardy match is definitely up there. And just the way like he he used to put all the young talent over, like the debut of John Cena, like everyone remembers mm-hmm. that handshake, like him just confronting him, like, like, what's your name, kid? And he was like, John Cena, and all he did was stick out his hand, like. Not to interrupt, but he put the great Kali over. Come, Come on. on. <laughs> like, who, who didn't the Undertaker put over? <laughs> it's like he, he was ready for the future. Like, he knew, like, Undertaker knew who's going to he be here for the he, future. He put Batista over? Mm-hmm. Like, Didn't he go against Tess? Put, I'm not sure. Like, like he, put, he put Orton over, and we see how big Orton's got. Like he's put Angle, Kurt Angle over. He's put, hell, he's put Brock over. Like, like plenty of times. Hell, he was even at at UFC with Brock and asked him on camera, like, "You want to do yeah. this?" <laughs> he went against Test uh, SummerSlam 02. I'm like, I knew I was remembering. I'm like, he went against uh, Test. So I'm like, he went against Test. Okay. Like it look even 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 in, in the invasion, like he put fucking Diamond Dallas Page over who we could tell <laughs> didn't have anything when he came over and look at that angle. Like that was a great angle with Undertaker and DDP. Like we, we could keep going forever, like Edge and Vicky and Chavo, Eddie. Like almost every almost every person we call we're calling a legend that's still wrestling, like Undertaker had like something to do with like them getting over. And like you said, like there, we don't know if there's going to be another person like that. Like we know Orton is passing the torch. Like he's putting like more younger talent over. And he was the one, you know, he had the rub. Like he was taught from the Undertaker. Jericho's Jericho's also like that as well. Jericho always thought about the younger talent. No matter what people think about Jericho, I know Jay, hold, hold your tongue. But Jericho always thought about the younger he went against Fandango and WrestleMania. Like, come on, so yeah. I'll get, I'll get Jay. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. Champagne and like, <laughs> match. And like, and like, we always, you know, how we always see like the family trees, where like the bottom of the tree is like the younger generation of the family, and basically like the top of the tree is like you know the grandmothers and the people who started everything. Like, there's no doubt. Like, standing like at this very top of the tree is going to be the Undertaker and. And right below, just be a plethora of superstars that he taught, and then they taught, then they taught the next person what the Undertaker taught them, and so on and so forth. And we always talk about Mount Rushmore's of wrestling, and we always say, you know, Rock and Stone Cold, and I agree, Rock, Rock and Stone Cold are on it, and then with like Ric Flair, um, Hulk Hogan, and then I say Shawn Michaels, other people say Bret Hart, you know, other people go even further back. But if Taker might not be on your Mount Rushmore. But he might be the most influential wrestler outside of Stone Cold Steve Austin in the history of the company. Outside of Hulk Hogan and Steve Austin, he might be the most influential. If he's not the most influential wrestler, he's the greatest character of all time. Like, like we all, like he helped we all heard Rushmore. Yeah, we all heard the story. Like even people that came before him, like we all heard the story behind. Like after the match between Undertaker and Ric Flair. At WrestleMania, like, like what Ric Flair told the Undertaker, and he said, like, that shocked him. Like, mm-hmm. like Flair didn't have that confidence in him anymore. Like, he thought like he was done. Like, like, like there would be nothing else for him. And he said, like, after his match with Taker, he got that confidence back. He got that, you know, that Ric Flair feel back. 
So it's like he has that that special touch in him to basically, you know, upbring anyone. Even his great, and I'll leave it on this. Remember how he felt like that match with Roman, he just wasn't in it. And he, you know, he wasn't healthy. He should have been that match. Fast forward to the tag match he had with Roman. Uh, it was, I believe it was a tornado tag. It was Roman and, and Roman and Taker versus Drew. And was it Ziggler? Yeah, yeah, Drew and Ziggler, I believe. He took a Claymore. Remember when Drew came up and pulled the Undertaker on the Undertaker? Yeah. Like, like come on. Like, he put Drew over. Like, we all remember that moment. Like, oh, wow. That's that's something. Like, he, he asked to work specifically with Dolph Ziggler, who's just an amazing all-around performer, and Drew McIntyre, who was, as we knew, was being groomed for that next level. Dude, Undertaker the- doesn't work with anybody. So if he's working with you for a reason, it's for a reason. Dude, then they, everyone knows like him, you know, rising up with Brock Lesnar and doing that, doing that stupid ass laugh, like, <laughs> like he's showing that he had character as well. Like, and we didn't even talk about his the streak and all that. But so shout out, uh, forever thankful for you here at the, uh, the Culture Cast. Uh, thank you, Taker, for everything that you've done for professional wrestling. Enjoy life as Mark Calloway. Um, continue to eat hot pieces of chicken. Jay's a big fan of that. So, no, uh, we are the culture cast though. for the culture, by the culture. We do it for the culture. And if you're not down with the culture, we just can't help you. Any final thoughts, guys? Yeah, I got one. Um, <clears throat> and it's going to be super, super serious. You know, I'm, I'm grateful for all of wrestling. Um, I, I troll, but, you know, I am happy for the performers, um, you know, putting their bodies on the line to entertain the sweaty nerds that we are um but i will say this i will cry i will cry nasty tears when private party retires Ben, i'm telling you when they retire it's gonna be the saddest day in wrestling thank you jay what about you ray (laughs) such a troll troll. yeah yeah whatever whatever george foreman just said Such a troll, man. Such a troll. Dog, man. I was waiting for that one. <laughs> such, a, such a troll. What about you, Ray? Hey, uh, I'm pretty sure like Omar knows about this. Like, just, just breaking news, Omar will be writing solo with the podcast for like the next month or so. I have like some off-the-camera stuff to handle and stuff. So probably the next few episodes will be old writing solo. And I'll I'm just ready to see what he could do on his own. Oh my God, Omar! It won't be just Omar; it'll be Omar and friends. But let me get out of here because I feel like somebody's about to crash my pod. So we are the culture cast for the culture by the culture. We do it for the culture, and if you're not down with the culture, they call me Omar Solo for a reason. Solo, solo pod. You see what I did there? Ah, nah. Um, Ray doesn't notice yet, but I'm just gonna wait till he gets back. Duh. <laughs> Make sure you guys check us out on all streaming platforms. Thank you guys for always listening. Be thankful. Uh, continue to stay safe out there. Um, wear your mask and don't be an ass. Adios. We out of here. I want some milk duds. <laughs> <laughs>